So my young friends, young friends, can you stand up? Young friends, stand up, stand up, young friends. That's really funny. Young friends, stand up, stand up. So I've been told today that I need to use small words. Hi. So I need to use small words. Is that true? No. No, thank you. Because I think you guys are, are, are much more coordinated than your older friends that are sitting next to you. So I'm going to prove it to them. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take my hand like this. And when I get here, I want you to clap. All right, so let's try it. All right. Oh, you missed it. Come on now. Here we go. Come on now. I'm, I, I wasn't, uh, you got to pay attention because you're going to need to pay attention today. All right. And especially the people sitting next to you right now, young friends, are really nervous. They're wondering when this is going to be over with. Because they're afraid they're going to have to take you out of here. Not out, really, you know. So here we go. Let's try it again. Here we go. Ready? Uh, all right. Good job. Give yourselves a hand. All right. Thing one and thing two, could you help me here? We're going to talk about the world that we live in and uh, how it represents what we just experienced. And thing one and thing two are my... You don't know her name. That's thing one or two. That's thing two. Yeah, that's thing two. That's thing two. You know, the, the, the world that you and I live in... Um, was really not supposed to be the way it is. When you open the pages of the Bible, what we see is, is that God created this world and he created it for good. It was, it was perfect. But unfortunately, the world that you and I live in is not that way at all, right? No, the, the world we live in is all messed up. Just like this room is messed up, sometimes people throw toilet paper all over the place. But sometimes people hurt us. Some pe sometimes people lie. Sometimes people hit us. Some sometimes people say things to us that hurt. And then sometimes we lie. Any of my young friends in here never told a lie? Raise your hand. Never told a lie? Never told a lie. Today, today you now entered the liar category. Because the fact is, is that the Bible clearly states and humanity clearly represents the fact that all of us have done bad things. That we've done them to other people. We've done them to ourselves. Uh, we have not expressed this goodness that God has. And so, unfortunately, we were damaged by evil the evil that has been done to us and the evil that we have done. We've participated in it as willing agents in that process. But God didn't leave us here. God didn't leave us alone in this process. The story of the Bible is a story of rescue. It's a story of family. You know, it feels good to be in a family, right? 
Yeah. You sit around, you know, with your family, whether it's your mom or your dad or your grandparents or your aunts and your uncles or, or just good friends. And, and when you feel their warmth, either their physical warmth, when they hold you close, you talk, they take care of you, uh, it, it feels really good. God has always been in the family business from the moment the Bible opens in Genesis until the time it closes in Revelation. God has been about finding his family and, and bringing them in to a relationship with himself. And so he's been about something right here we're going to call restored for better. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about how and why God did that and, and how he gave us the opportunity to gain entrance into his family. But before we do, we need to clean up this mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do, don't we? We really do need to clean up this mess, don't we? Is it time to clean up the mess? Yeah. All right. Thank you, thing one and thing two. Here's the deal. God was, was into cleaning up our mess. And so that's why Jesus left heaven and came to earth. He came to restore us for something significantly better. He came to bring us back into his family and also to give us a life where we were sent together to heal, to go back into this world and help find those not yet brothers and sisters are in the family and to bring them into the family with us. That's the whole story of the Bible. As Jesus comes to be able to, to do something radically different in our life. How does he do that? So thing one and thing two, you can take my blackboard away. How does he do that? Well, I'm going to try to demonstrate that for a moment here. Wow. You're not going to be able to see it until I finish it. So here are some paper towels. I'm sure they're the, the better paper towels that you can buy, whatever those are. And God creates us. With a heart. That heart is, is really representative of the core of our existence. It's the deepest parts of us. It's the parts of us usually that no one can see. It's the, deep, it's the parts of us that feel things that no one else feels. It's that private space in the depths of who we are that make us who we are. And unfortunately, as a result of other people... Because we don't grow up, I mean, I, I don't want to really embarrass anyone here this morning, but I, I wonder how many of us grew up with perfect moms and dads. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. I had a really good mom and dad. I mean, really good mom and dad. But uh, they weren't perfect. 
by, by any means. And they, they left some marks on my life. They, they left some, some scars. They taught me some things that caused me to do wrong things just simply because of the way that they were brought up in their family. How many of us have friends that are perfect? Typically not, right? We have friends. They're good friends sometimes, but sometimes they lead us into doing things we shouldn't do. We lead them into things that they shouldn't do. And sometimes they say things and they do things that hurt really, really bad. The Bible represents that hurt that we have in our life, that represents that idea of anything that falls short of being perfect. Because that first circle, remember, God created for good. And there's a word in the Bible that's used for that. It's, it's called peace. It's that space where everything is right. And we've never really experienced that space. Maybe momentarily, but it, it goes away. And that space, because it doesn't exist, the Bible represents as sin. We fall short of the mark. Our friends fall short of the mark. Our parents fall short of the mark. Everyone around us finds ourselves having a damaged heart. But the, the reason Jesus came was to solve this issue right here. He came to be able to do something that we could not do for ourselves. He came to take away the sin, the wrongness, the lack of peace, the things that we have in our lives, the things that we've done wrong, the wrong that's been done to us. He came to take it on himself. And there was this day way back in history. You know, we, we, we celebrate when we come around Easter, Jesus' resurrection. But during that week, oftentimes we recognize that he was put to death on a cross. None of us would want to have that nails driven through our arms and our feet and hung up on a cross. Jesus died physically a really, really, really brutal death. The kind of death that we think of in terms of movies that we won't let kids watch, right? It's just horrible death. But there's something far more important that happens at Jesus' death than just the brutality of him hanging on a cross. It's what happened between God and Jesus in terms of you and I having all of the marks of sin in our lives erased. And so Jesus comes and he dies on the cross and as a result of his death on the cross, if this works right, it'll be amazing. <laughs> Jesus comes. Oh, it's all torn up. And he, <laughs> and, and he takes all those marks away. He erases them completely. Absolutely, completely erases them. And gives us the opportunity to have a face-to-face -face relationship with God as our heavenly father. Not everyone takes that opportunity. Some people go through life without taking God's offer to be a part of the family. When Jesus comes and his friend John begins writing in the first story of Jesus' life, in, in, or when John writes in, in his book of the story of Jesus' life, in John 12, he says, to as many as 
trusted what Jesus said. To them, he gave the right to enter the family of God. You see, that's the, that's the beauty of what God offers, is understanding the narrative of created for good, damaged by evil, restored for better, and sent together to heal. That story is a story that God says, look, just begin trusting in that, and you will have the opportunity, the opportunity to live in the family of God. The Bible is full of all kinds of the resources that come as a result of being a part of the family. The Spirit of God comes and, and takes residence in us. We, we, we become the temple of God. The great opportunity to live in God's favor to know that no thing, anything, nothing can separate us from God's love. Not even ourselves. Not even if we revert to doing some of those things that are, are wrong, some of those things that hurt other people, some of those things that, that are really evil, even though we revert to some of those, God's love still, because we're part of his family, he never turns his face from us. And so today, as, as we think about cat in the hat, the thing one and thing two and that kind of stuff. We see redemption. Now, they told me not to use those words, young friends. Redemption, okay? You all know what redemption is? So here's the deal. If you go to Eagle Lake Camp, you get these things, these tickets, or I'm not sure what they call them, that you get these things that you can take to the, the camp store and you can turn them in for things, other things. That's the process of redemption. What happens? All of the bad stuff that you've ever done in your life, all of the evil, all of the lying, all of the cheating, all the stealing, all the, the, the junk that might come later in your life that some of your older friends have done and they probably don't want to tell you about it. All of that stuff ended up on Jesus that one day in history. All of that stuff was poured on him, and he washed your account clean. He washed you clean when you begin to trust this story that he said. I'm going to pray right now, and then we're going to sing one last song together. And uh, as I pray, I just want to invite you. You know, moms and dads, as you're, as you're listening here, um, you must... Uh, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, where, wherever you fit in, in the family, you are the most important spiritual influence in your child's life. Bar none, forever. Not, not the people like me who stand up here and do crazy, stupid things, but you, because you're with them 24-7. They not only hear you, but they see you. It's your word and your deed that become important in their lives. And we have some resources that we'd love you to take advantage of. For instance, your, your kids weekly need to gather around this book with you. Need to gather around the stories of the Bible. And you may think, I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm not a teacher. Thank God you're not. Because you don't need to be. And we've got a resource here. 
On the back, it's five ways you can relate to your families. On the front, it's just the ability to use seven simple questions every time you gather with your family around a short passage of Scripture and to ask yourself these seven simple questions. If you can do that, you can lead your family in in a spiritual journey. There's also a parenting toolkit available. All this stuff will be available out uh, at the Resource Center, but it's also available on the app. So you don't have to take home a printed copy, put it in your car, and and, uh, find it four weeks later under the seat. All right? Parenting toolkit, a chance for you to get in the game with your kids, to understand what it's like to have a profound spiritual influence. They are your arrows that God has put in your quiver to aim in his direction. I can't think of a a more important, more significant piece in life than that. For those of you that don't have children, if you look around at the families that sit around you, this is a hard task. So much harder when my kids were kids. It keeps getting more complicated As time goes on, they need help. They need a community of people to help raise their kids. Looking around and learning to invest in the lives of one or two families could make all the difference in the world in these young kids and where they're headed and the richness of their own spiritual journey. Because coming to grips with the fact that, that Jesus died for me, that my Father in heaven wants a personal, intimate relation. He wants to be involved. When I say intimate, I mean he wants to be involved in my life every day. From the simple things like how I treat other people, even though I may not be a morning person and I'm grumpy in the morning, Jesus wants to be there in my grumpiness. And he wants to help me grow. Even though I may struggle with my things and I don't like other people playing with my things. And they don't leave them like I want them. Even though I've got those characteristics, Jesus wants to be there in the midst of that kind of thing. And he wants to relate to me and help me understand that. Just this week, I had a moment with myself when Jesus invaded my life and he asked me a question. Now, it wasn't you know, he didn't show up in some kind of dream and, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. But, but it's just this, it popped into my mind, why don't I like that person? Why don't I like that person? Do you have people? I mean, maybe you're not like me. Maybe you like everyone. Really? Yeah, you are, right? No. I, I, I have certain people I don't like. None of you, of course. But I just ask, man, why, why don't I like that person? I just intuitively don't like them. It's like, what is it in me that can not like another human being? There's something wrong with that. And, and Jesus shows up in that moment to help me understand. I created them in my image. They are valuable and deserve your respect just simply because they are made in my image. I don't care whether you like them or not. That's not really the issue right now. It's whether I am the primary definer of what's right and wrong in your world. 
And Jesus enters into that piece of our life to come to grips with the fact that the way I treat other people is not about who I like, what I like, what I want, what I don't want. It's about how I relate to him, how I relate to the king. You see, there's a, there's, there's a fundamental problem that, that many of us have. If I could pull that back up here for a moment, I would, you know, created for good, right? And, and then transform for better, this idea of, of down here. A lot of us want to go from, from here to here. We, we want to somehow do away with the cross. We want to ha- do away with that moment in history when Jesus died. But you cannot have the kingdom. You cannot have the peace. You cannot have the, the benefits of the kingdom without the king. And that's what we need to come to grips with, is the king and his kingdom are inseparable. And that's why Jesus went to the cross to transform us for better so that we could be sent together to heal our world. Well, thank you, young friends, for for being so good today. Older friends, let's give them a hand. There are many people that didn't give me a chance today, but you hung with me, kids, so thanks so much for doing this. We're going to do this all month long. Fortunately, I'm not going to do this all month long. <laughs> we'll put some other, other people up here, but uh, we really appreciate it. We're going to sing one last song together, all right? And uh, it's a great song. The words of the song are, are really, really takes everything we've talked about today and wraps it all together. So after I pray, I'm going to invite you to stand and sing along with the band. The words will be on the screen. And uh, sing along with the band. And, and I, I would hope that maybe the possibility, if you really don't feel like you're in the family of God, that during this song you might feel like you say yes to your Father in heaven. And you want to begin trusting in the story of Jesus leaving heaven, coming to earth, living and dying and rising again. And, and you want to begin to experience what it's like to be a child of God. Or maybe you go home as a family this week, and you sit down around the dinner table, and you make a, a covenant together as a family. We, we need to say yes to God. We, we need to say yes to who He is and what He wants to do in our life. We need to explore what it means to live as if Jesus is the king and figure out what it looks like to help him bring his kingdom to earth. Maybe this week is the week that we as a family make that decision together. So let me pray. Father, thank you for uh, the, uh, the relative peace and quiet that you gave us this morning in this auditorium with so many different ages in here. Um, but we, we, we're really appreciative of, of this story a story of, of a creation, the beauty of this incredible world that you have created and the complexities of human beings and, and who we are and, and how we operate. Thank you that, that, that as we look at one another, it's just amazing. But Father, we realize that we live in a messed up world. It's a messy world. We, we, we understand that we mess it up ourselves. 
We lie. We treat people harshly. Um, we violate ourselves. We, we hurt ourselves. And we hurt others. And we just want to acknowledge this morning that we're thankful that this story comes to address and, and speak to us at that very place. At that place where we feel that hurt, we feel that aloneness, we feel that sense that no one really cares, that no one loves me. And yet, you demonstrate to us through Jesus' death that you have a love for us that is different than any other human being could ever have for us. And that love demonstrates that you will never leave us or forsake us. So, Father, I pray for my friends both uh, online and in this room, and for those watching later, that, that we might take advantage, take advantage of, of your offer to be your children and to live with a new king and to live into a new kingdom. Father, thank you for Jesus. We come to you in his name. Amen.